Attention Paddock Preview Show, powered by RST. Good afternoon and welcome to the CT Grandstand for Attention Paddock, brought to you by RST. Things are, thankfully, starting to look a little bit brighter here at the TT Grandstand, but there is still an awful lot of mist and low cloud around the island. It's been raining through the night, and that mist has descended. But nonetheless, we are going to try and proceed this afternoon for the first time since Tuesday. The road closure process has started. That means at 12 o'clock, the roads were closed from Barul Park, Ramsey, up to the bungalow. Right about now, 12.15, they're closing from the bungalow through to Cregna Bar. The rest of the course is due to close in half an hour. So all of the main bulk of the TT course due to close in 30 minutes time, 12.45. At 1.30, the hope is to have a sidecar qualifying two-lap uh, run. And then at 2.15, the Supersport and Lightweights to get out. At 3 o'clock, having given every chance for the roads to dry, the Superbikes, Superstocks and Supersports to go out. And at 10 to 5, a TT Zero qualifying because those machines have not even been onto the TT course as yet. It being a Sunday, the legislation means that we can only keep the roads closed until around half five. That's when they need to be open, with the exception of the mountain section, which needs to be open by half past six. So we are on a shortened window today. Gary Thompson did come over onto the speakers at the grandstand here to tell everybody it was more a hopeful situation than anything else at the moment, but they don't want to lose an hour and a half that it takes for the road closure process to happen. So they have proceeded with that in the hope that we might just get a window at some point to get out there on the course. Our guests this afternoon on the show. Patrick Ferrance has rejoined us. All the fun of last night's show, and if you didn't hear last night's show, get yourself on the podcast section of manxradio.com and listen to the Birchalls, Davo Johnson and Patrick, because they had an absolute ball in here last night. <laughs> it's fair to say that the, the, the uh, show might have been edited somewhat before it goes up as a podcast. <laughs> but Patrick Ferrance is with us, three-time sidecar TT winning passenger. Phil Wayne is back with us again for the second or third time this week. Uh, TT, BSB, Northwest 200, UGP, all things journalist and particularly a TT statistician. Knows all and sundry about this. And we're joined for the first time across TT 2019, fueled by Monster Energy, by Kiefer Moore, who has, uh, what, five-time podium finisher, I think you were, Kiefer, were you? Yeah, I can't remember. Long time ago. <laughs> it's not that long ago. He only retired from the TT, I think, in what, 2015? Uh, yeah, I think it was yeah, five times on podium, three times on my backside, yeah. <laughs> we'll come to that in it's a minute. It's not a bad day, uh, right, is it? No, absolutely. Let's just bring you the weather forecast then to get things started. The low cloud and mist will quickly lift and break early this afternoon, allowing sunny spells to develop. Yeehaw, let's hope so. But it will still be windy with a strong and gusty south to southwest. This evening and tonight will be dry with some clear spells, but still very windy. Strong to gale force, uh, southwesterly wind and a slight risk of coastal overtopping. Tomorrow will be largely dry with lengthy sunny spells and just a small risk of an isolated shower. That's, that's more like it. Turning cloudy overnight into Tuesday with rain moving in from dawn and becoming persistent and often heavy throughout the day, however. So it looks like things are lifting a little bit here, Patrick. We just need to get on, don't we? Yeah, it's definitely looking bright out there and there's enough wind to sort of blow the sea mist and the fog, um, move it on a little bit. But no, the... Um the organisers can do what they can do. They've sort of started closing the roads and put everything in progress. Cause obviously, with a shortened um, time that they've got to get the roads open with on a Sunday. Um, but no, hopefully everything will go this afternoon. Um, and at least everybody should get a few laps in. And then we heard Gary Thompson say yesterday, Phil, that it would become a consultation process between the organisers, the leading teams and the riders to see who felt they were in a position to start racing and when. Yeah, I think it's one of those, some riders are all ready to go already. They've got nine laps in, they're happy to go. Others haven't. Chatting with Pete Hickman, obviously, he's been a prime example. He's only done 14 miles on a superbike. He's not going to go 
riding that yet just yet. He needs a good few more laps. Someone like Dean Harrison's probably rubbing his hands. So it's you know the consultation. It's it's going to be a 50-50 split between riders really. Some will want to go. Some will want more time. Were you someone who would like to have lots and lots of practice for you? Yes, don't think you can ever do um, sorry, uh, enough laps around here, especially uh, when you've been s- sitting around doing nothing for a long, long time. So, yeah, I think the guys must be absolutely desperate to get out there. Um, I kind of feel for everybody, the fans, the marshals, you know, everybody that's here because it's it's been quite frustrating. But like you say, it's starting to brighten up now, so with a bit of luck, we might get everybody out there and the show will go on. We'll take that a word from the forecast quickly and hope that's right, eh, Patrick? <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think it's um, pretty much looking that way. All the all the word forecasting, which one you look at, whether it's the Met or the uh, Ronalds way, they, they're all sort of indicating that it is going to clear up just maybe after one, two o'clock, somewhere around there. Um, Gary just came on before saying that there's possibility going to be some delays, but if they've got everything in place, all the marshals, the road closures, um, as soon as there is a window, they can get on Glen Crutchley Road and, and go. It is a massive infrastructure that has to be put in place to make anything happen, so we don't want to suddenly be making a decision at three o'clock, yes, we could go. It needs to be done now, doesn't it? Tom? Absolutely, and I think, I was just talking with Keith off air, I mean, the way the week's gone so far, you need to grab every opportunity you can get, really, even if we only had an hour of of practice today an hour for the solos is essentially three laps three laps is better than absolutely nothing so like I say you've got to take every opportunity we can get and take it from there really. that's all we can do fingers crossed eh? yeah absolutely you're somebody who, who raced here in an area when there were bits and pieces of showers and you got caught out a couple of times by showers I think I, I, think, I can't remember if it was 2010 or 11 <clears throat> I think it was the last um, race that went ahead when it was iffy conditions and I don't think they've actually raced in dodgy conditions since then which in my opinion is a really good thing because as you say I got caught out and a few other people got caught out and eventually it got red flagged and they waited till it dried up and then we had a great race I don't think there's ever been a definite decision that we will not run or we're at race here I think it's now just generally accepted that we won't um, at the end of the day I think Gary Thompson's got the riders safety as priority number one and I totally agree with him I think most people do I mean it, it is frustrating for everybody not getting to see the guys go out there but it's it's dangerous enough in the dry, so personally, I think he's spot on. He's not akin to making the big decisions either, because it was his. He was the clerk of the course in his very first year. Me and I think Phil were talking about it yesterday that um, in his very first year, he, it, that was the first senior that ever got cancelled since 1907, and it was his. Yeah, that's it was right, his yeah. decision. It was his first year, so he's not scared of making the big decisions if stuff like that does need to happen. So he is he is on the ball. Yeah, I think. Uh, I mean, that's great. From a Raiders perspective. Yeah, he did give that senior every chance. I remember being in the press office still at 10 o'clock at night on senior race day on the Friday, interviewing Neil Tuxworth when it had been called off. Obviously, it had been called off a couple of hours before, but we were still in there. He'd given it all day, every single opportunity to try and run that race. But in the end, rider safety comes first. Yeah, of course it does, and, and Gary knows that. And I think that's um, he's sort of implemented that more than anybody since he's come into this role. Uh, and he's done a fantastic job of that I mean sometimes riders need saving from themselves because like you went out in the wet you said well I didn't, I didn't actually want to go I mean we I had a bit of a thing on radio which I said a few things I probably shouldn't have said not like um, you Keith oh, thanks for <laughs> 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 but yeah um, it was you know it, it was tricky we knew the the weather was going to come back in again but as far as whoever was in charge at the time uh, was concerned the show must go on and it well it just it ended badly because quite a few people crashed because it was heavy conditions and they had to get rerun anyway so I think Gary is definitely the man for the job it was Union Mills wasn't it I think that you're going down <laughs> yes mate it, it was <laughs> no, no, no need to remind you but even before that people had had moments haven't they yeah I mean I had a because uh, I was uh, started number two John went off at one 
And I, I mean, I caught John pretty early on, and he tagged on to me because he didn't want to be the guinea pig. And I actually, I think it was the bungalow, I got a bit of a tank slapper on it because it was a bit iffy. And I actually hit the kill switch, and I switched the bike off and I didn't realise. And I thought the bike had died, so John disappeared up the road, and then Cameron Donald came past, and Guy Martin came past, and then I was like, the switch is off. So, and it burst back into life again, but by then I was, my head had gone, the red mist was down. And I think they had about six seconds on me from there, and I caught them by the time I got back there. But then I crashed. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't end well. I wrote yeah. off a brand new bike as well, so I was not very popular when I got back to the garage. Oh you were, was that, were you part of the TT Hunter Legends that year? Um, yeah, I did ride for them, but I was on my own super sport bike. Oh, no, disaster. Yeah, I know. If it had been Honda's, it wouldn't be so bad, but I mean, <laughs> being my own bike, it was, yeah. It was, it was a, yeah. But a pretty big hit to the bank balance, but anyway. Oh dear. But he was quite a man, wasn't he, Phil? You'll have a, you know the stats and things. He was right up there in those, those that three, four year periods. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I had, had the pleasure or mispleasure of doing, doing <laughs> Keith's <Steady>. press. <laughs> doing Keith's press for all the years he raced. So, um, yeah, like you say, as soon as he came on the scene, particularly 2007 when he joined Wilson Craig's team, uh, prior to that, he'd done his own thing on Suzuki, I think at the Ulster. At the time, the fastest newcomer at the time when he went to the Ulster, came here in 07. Steve Plater got all the headlines, but Keith was only like half a mile an hour behind him that year as a newcomer. So, And then from then, it just went from there, really, and until he got the ride with uh, Honda Legends, as you say. He was, at the time, obviously the leading privateer, and, or, you know, kind of above privateer level, really, obviously, and stuff like that. You know, you always knew Keith, particularly in the super sport class, was going to be challenging for podiums and wins. He just never quite got the luck to get a win here sort of thing he was always knocking on the door obviously so um, yeah. it was usually Bruce Anstey that stopped me every time <laughs> please man but anyway yeah, I really enjoyed my time here but as you say unless uh, the stars are lined it's just not going to be so but I've got no regrets I mean I'm, I'm quite happy with what I've done absolutely you should be in that short space of time I mean like, as we just said five podiums you know seconds thirds against the likes of John Bruce Hutchie you name it how many years Ryan, did you do uh, yeah, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, didn't do 12, didn't do 13. I only raced a Super Twin in and Super Sport, I think, 14. 14, 15, yeah. Uh, first lap of the Superbike race in 15, I snapped a gear lever um, at Ballacrine traffic lights, so that was that. And then second lap Super Sport race, uh, hit the wall at Stella Maris and left in the helicopter. And that was it? And I decided after that, no, that was enough. But um, I did race after that, I went to the Ulster Grand Prix and... I was still fairly competitive. I think I finished 1.7 seconds off Peter, who won the superbike race at the Ulster that year in the wet. But I thought, it's not really... I'd done enough, you know. I, I didn't really think, well, I'm going to go out here and do this and want to be, like, 19 times winner. And I just used to love racing. And then I thought, well, the amount of crashes I've had, it's a matter of time before I have another big one and it might not be anything to do with me, so... Young kids, family, and then the only bad thing was I realised I need to get a job, a real job. <laughs> <laughs> it was a hard, it was a hard decision to make. Have you got one of those? I have now, yeah. But anyway, no, it was. I mean, I really enjoyed it. Um, but I am pretty happy that I'm on this side of the yeah. fence now. And what is it that you do here at TT these days? You help the VIP side. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually. I look after the platinum guests in the VIP hospitality suite. Um, which is great because uh, a lot of the guys that are coming, they're really, really enthusiastic and stuff. And it's 
it's really nice when you meet people from all over, all walks of life, from all over the world and stuff who have come here just to see that, and it's they love it. I mean, I get to take them places like up the tower and stuff, and because of the platinum guests, we can take them obviously places that other people can't go and stuff. It's they get a real insight into the yeah. the whole experience of the TT, and I've yet to have one guest that didn't want to come back. So uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm really happy doing this. Did you get to take any of them out on the course? Uh, I've actually done a few of the course car laps. Uh, I've done two, three, and I'm actually too scared to go back out and do any more. I don't like being a passenger. <laughs> and th those guys do not hang about going around there. I mean, I've actually had a couple of guests that, well, not me personally, but one of the cars were a little bit intoxicated and made a mess all over the back seats of the cars and stuff. So, But, I mean, it's a, it's a great experience. I mean, unfortunately... I like being in control when I'm going around here, well, most of the time. Race day on the TT course is a pretty unique experience, isn't it? It is, yeah. I mean, um, I don't look after your VIP Platinum guests. I don't know how you've kept it all in touch this week because they haven't had a, a lot to, to go and see, so Keith's job been particularly hard. But, um, <laughs> yeah, no, the, the race day is, is something special here. Especially when if you get to go up on the, on the start line there and then even watching from up the tower, I mean, I've been racing since 2002 and I just went up the tower for the first time yesterday it's it's cracking view up there I'd love to go and start uh, watch the start of a race from up there um, but no you to get to go out and see places that you generally wouldn't get to go and see it, it's quite special it is do, what do you do Phil during the races do you tend to just be here because you need all the reaction stuff or do you manage to get out and watch no I'm mean, like obviously years and years ago when I used to come as a spectator that's all I ever did it was just literally on the bank as you know crack a door and dad put me on the bank somewhere and that was us for the day sort of thing but usually I get to go out uh, with Stephen Davidson during practice week because um, obviously you've got a bit more flexibility with time and stuff like that but once race week starts unfortunately I have to be based up here which I Hey, because I'm first and foremost, I'm a fan more than anything in seeing bikes. I always used to like to go to the remote places as well. I never used to like to go to your quarter bridges or your Kregner bars. They weren't for me. I used to come to the TT to see speed and getting like the... Sit in the, the hedge. Yeah, sit in the hedge. The <laughs> likes of your, yeah, your, your 11th milestones, your Appledeans, places like that. You know, that was what I used to like. So it's, it's hard for me being up here now just working and just only... Every now and then, I've used to like just grab someone's mountain bike and shoot off up to signpost or somewhere, but it's not quite the same, obviously, and stuff. So it's one, you know, you have to take rough with the smooth with the job, really, and that you can't do both, obviously. <coughs> so we the, are effectively Mad Sunday. Did any of you used to do the Mad Sunday thing over the mountain? Uh, actually, I took Jonathan Ray over the mountain on a CBR thousand Fireblade, um, and then he was fine. <laughs> and I came down the down the mountain. I'm doing an excess of 170 odd mile an hour, and he didn't flinch. If that had been me on the back of that, I would have been not very happy. But he was, you know, just totally at ease with it. And I, I was quite surprised about that. But. This is probably 15 years ago. We're talking about now when Mad Sunday used to be the only day of the fortnight when the mountain was one way for the visitors. Now it's one way the whole of the race, the, well, the whole of the two-week period for <coughs> the visitors. But it just used to be one day. And the, all the visitors had one chance to treat it like a racetrack, if you like, on that. Yeah, and that's that's what they did. They went out and treated it like a like a racetrack. Um, because they only had that one opportunity. But now the mountain roads closed. I think it's actually I've actually noticed this a little bit. I imagine it's brought the number of accidents down the the road accidents down significantly, just because they don't have to all rush out on that one day. Yeah, and and obviously uh, for the rest of the fortnight, it was two way as well. 
Yeah. So people who were up there having a go for the rest of the fortnight were, were encountering traffic coming the other way. That's what I remember most as a kid, like you say, the two-way thing sort of thing. And my my interpretation of how it's gone now is that there are there's probably more accidents almost up on the mountain, but they're not as serious ones like they used to be when we used to get head-on sort of thing, particularly, yeah. and I don't want to tar everyone with the same brush, but a lot of the overseas people, obviously with the language difference and the language barrier, they weren't suddenly aware of sort of what rules were in place and what weren't and the amount of times you used to hear about head-ons was terrible but thankfully that has now obviously come down and the whole but like coming back to your point about the the one day of the fortnight i just remember it, like you say it was all built up to that one day and people used to like treat it almost as a like a race day from a spectating point of view you used to get people lying in the course just to watch them as well <laughs> yeah. sort of thing and that, you know because that was entertaining in itself obviously and that so um, you could go and sit on, say, like the gooseneck, and you'd literally just sit there waiting for the. As my dad used to call them, <laughs> yeah. waiting for the idiots to come round, sort of thing. And that, so. A moving uh, carnival. Uh, While we're on the subject of when things went wrong, let's just pick up and uh, give people some of the news on some of the riders who did come off earlier in the week. Uh, Jason, they've all now been released from hospital, discharged from hospital. Fortunately, Jason Corcoran uh, sustained a neck injury following a crash at the Glen Helen earlier in the week. He is now just uh, discharged from hospital. Uh, and. Emmett Burke came off at Gooseneck with a leg injury. He's now out of hospital as well. And newcomer Daniel Matam, he was injured in the opening session at the Black Hut. He has now also been released from hospital. And obviously we've heard the news on Ian Hutchinson after his spill at the 11th milestone. He's generally OK, a little bit scuffed and battered. But he's OK, hopefully, to get back out there if we get some action, Patrick. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, um, I've seen him a couple of times down in the um, Isla Scott physio tent down there with the, um, getting some work with the girls. Um, he, he seems in chipper enough he's um, I, I'm not quite sure what injury he's had um, but I think he's just bad of bruise I think he went straight down the middle of the road thankfully um, but no he'll be he'll be raring to go just like the, the everybody else so where do we see this TT going here Keith then we've basically we're almost at let's switch off and reboot and start again aren't we Mo? we've been off the course for that long now I think uh, it looks like it's going to be just very concentrated I think um, I know Gary Thompson, the organisers are going to do whatever they can to put all the races on, but obviously it's going to be weather permitting and how it pans out. But hopefully, if we can get some bikes out on track this afternoon and the guys get a few more laps tomorrow, we might see two or three races. Whether they're going to have to run um, more practice and stuff in the morning or qualifying, uh, I think that all depends on what happens this afternoon. We're just going to keep diving between the, the the rain showers and the mist, aren't we? Yeah, I think that's like it. It's like I said earlier, like grab every opportunity and every window we can get. And if that means, like, say, for example, the superbike race is four laps rather than six, so be it. If a supersport race is three laps rather than four, that's just the way it's going to be. We're in such a short gap now with yeah. windows. And even if it means longer days as well, <coughs> like, you know, like, say, you get, like Keith just said, then maybe practice in the morning and a race in the evening or however it's juggled like that. That's just the way it's going to be. I, I've known them actually do that before. They've... Um most of the, the course has been closed the whole day from early morning to night and I think um, they had a, an hour at about five o'clock when people are getting home from work yeah. um, they'd open the roads then just to allow everybody to move about maybe I think it was a couple of hours for, for school and work and yeah that's right um, I remember yeah. yeah they do they have a window at tea time where they need to keep open the roads to let the commuter traffic but it, but it was more or less apart from that um, couple of hours section in the evening the the road, the, the road was closed for the full day and they just went whenever they could and that's what we'll have to try and do I think yeah. and for the sidecar guys some of them have only done one lap haven't they yeah they have um, it's difficult I mean it is what it is we had Tuesday night practice it wasn't ideal then because of the wind um, but they're going out first today which I think is a 
good decision by Gary Thompson. Um, everybody sort of said, oh, send them out as a road sweepers, but that's not the case. They, you, you can't send people out on super bikes with 200 plus brake horse and then super sport bikes. It's, it's easier for them to tuck the front or lose the rear. If a sidecar slides, it slides. It, you, you generally know the conditions. These are all experienced riders, don't forget as well. They're all national plus license holders. They've been riding for a long, long time. They're not club racers just coming in straight out of the blue and then just, just going. Um, so to send the sidecars out first, I think it's a good decision. Um, they'll all be riding within the conditions. They'll know the conditions before they go out. The marshals will be there with the flags to let them know where the wet sections are. Um, and they tend to slide rather than tuck the front or lose the rear. So I think it's a good decision to send the sidecars out first. You'll know about that, getting your, track, getting your mountain course licence as it was, going around all cords of tracks everywhere at the start of the year to get the signatures to get out there. Yeah, well, I mean, I'd, when I was racing here, a lot of the time I was doing the nationals um, anyway, so that was quite good. I think the last national before this is the Tandragee, I think, um, which is a little bit like a mini TT course. So, I mean, for me, it was absolutely ideal, and I used to love the place, and it was really good if we had a good meeting and the weather was okay to go from there to here. Um, but, like you say, I think it's a really good idea because the majority of the sidecar guys have got a lot of experience they're not. Um, there's, a, what, there's only a couple of newcomers. There's a, a few, but even the newcomers are all experienced riders. <laughs> yeah. not, I mean, the young crow boys there—they ride these roads every day for work. Um, the other newcomers, the, the national license holders, they've been racing for a long. They're not coming, never ridden or raced before, so they know their outfit. They know. They just need to know where they're going. That and lap that they done the other day was unbelievable. I think I was faster than the first lap I've done it. <laughs> I could not believe it. I was like, is that is that timing right? I know. I think, I think Phil was saying the other day that there's only ever been two newcomer sidecar guys gone at that kind of level, and they were in the race. Yeah, I think like, um, Tim and Tim Reeves did it in 2008 with Patrick, and they were the newcomers that year, and the Birchalls came the following year as newcomers. And like you said, then, yeah, they did over 110 plus, but in the race. So, um, so not, yeah. the f- not the first lap of practice, no, but they weren't following no, somebody. No, I was like, like you, I kind of had to do a double would take to look at the screen yeah, or something was, so fair play and fair if, play. If, if they'd had a full shot at practice week where would oh. they be up to yeah. sort of this yeah. level yeah. I mean they might have even put another four or five mile an hour on that and that's up that's um, seriously impressive yeah. for newcomers and I mean, it's young lads at that as well yeah I mean when Tim came here in 2008 he did, I think we did 113 and a half in his, his first TT but that, that was in the race conditions but he came here as a world champion these, <laughs> <laughs> these, these are young yeah. kids you know yeah, they're really, really fast young kids. Yeah. <laughs> so it doesn't matter, Phil, does it? If we, if, we, if we get no lap records and no race records, if we get racing, there will be things to talk Absolutely. about. Absolutely, that's what we want to see first and foremost, racing. You know, the, the records and et cetera are nice things to have as well. But, you know, like obviously, like you say, you refer to me as like the statistician. If I am not writing new stats, so be it. It doesn't matter if people aren't setting personal best laps at all. And that we just want to see racing. That's what we come for. That's what spectators want to watch. That's what journalists want to write about. Everything else is a bonus. You just want racing, you know, however many laps of the racing, you know, you just want to see racing of some form. I think it'll be every bit as close regardless. Absolutely, of course it will, yeah. And if you see close racing, I mean, that to me is what it's all about. I don't care how fast they're going. No, absolutely. Speed doesn't really matter. The the conditions, the track conditions, the the practice conditions, it's the same for everybody when, when you go out. So... It's no one's the only people that have the leg up, like you're saying, the experienced riders that have been with their team for the previous few years. Um, like Hickman obviously wants to get some more laps, and he said he's only done 17 mile or whatever it was on his superbike. But he's a class act superbike rider, of course. You know, yeah, I mean, so. on the flip side of it is, of course, you might get 
different results to what we would normally have expected. So in a way, it kind of makes it less predictable, I suppose, really. I suppose. And, you know, from that point of view, I don't mean like less predictable in terms of one-day heroes. I don't mean it like that. But, you know, people who um, have got the experience but don't necessarily need the track time and are ready to go rather than the, the established factory teams, you know, you might get some privateers up more in the mix, really. In that yeah, so. I mean, exactly. I mean, it's, it will mix up a little bit. But I think... Um, the top five or six guys, are regardless, Still I mean, if, the if, same, if probably, they yeah. get the, the bike set up time, I mean, obviously Peter's on a brand new bike, so he needs a little bit of set up time just to get the bike where he wants it. Um, but other than that, I mean, I think the top five or six boys are going to be absolutely on it, and I think there's five or six guys that could win, especially if they don't get much dry track time. Yeah, well, Dean did 129, late 129 on that first yeah. lap, and it... The, exactly. He, he, was, he was saying then up on the mountain how windy it was, he was having to turn into Windy Corner. Well before the yeah, peeling he point, he said he was like banked over like in a straight line. Right, yeah. <laughs> that is windy. Yeah. yeah, and he was telling us how different the new ZX10 is to last year's even. So he's still got a lot of work and a lot of space to come. But if he's banging out 130 mile an hour laps or close to, right Ex away, exactly. And I mean, if you take Michael for instance, I mean that last sector he slowed down, but he was going to be over 130 mile an hour. It, I think. His ideal, yeah, was 130. So I mean, the boys are on it already. I mean, it's. Con Cheap. Connor as well, obviously, he exactly. was probably on for 130 until he got black flags. So. Which was for a really minor thing, but I suppose the sm smoke, smoke in it. Absolutely. But yeah, I think there's five or six guys I reckon could easily be uh, on the top tip of that step of that podium. Would you, would you be fancy being out there on a brand new bike? No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wouldn't be do fancy being out there on anything. Do you want to think about it for a minute? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I think I'll you know, stick with the original decision. <laughs> Oh it's definitely brightening up here at the TD Grandstand, we'll tell you that. Uh, the sun did burst through very briefly just before, so fingers crossed things are moving in the right direction. Wind's uh, dropped a lot as well, eh? Absolutely. Yeah, we're just going to have a look at the webcams and see if we can refresh them and see what things are like up on the mountain. Uh, uh, find the mountain, it looks very sunny up uh, out of Peel. Uh, yeah, it's still not great. In fact, we can just hear Gary Thompson coming over the announcement. Hopefully, one of the guys will pick up that announcement. Yeah, things well, don't look awfully great on the mountain, has to be said. But out of the west, I, th I think it was sort of one o'clock that the mist was due to lift, and it's sort of with the way it's looking here, it's sort of right on time, sort of yeah. 15 minutes before one. If it starts lifting at one o'clock, we might get. I'm getting excited though. <laughs> <laughs> Really am. Well, coming like I said before earlier, like you know, if it's three o'clock before it's really good conditions, three till five, two hours, you know, it gives everyone a crap. Exactly. Some laps, and so. I mean, if as long as we don't have any little hiccups or, or, or any delays, then the guys could get some decent laps in. And then it's all go tomorrow. Yeah, it's meant to be beautiful tomorrow all day. It's just full sunshine. So whether they implement up closing the roads a full day and having a revised schedule tonight and then seeing what they can get in. I think, like Keith said, you could. Could be a busy day, but you know, it could be like an hour's practice in the morning, then the first race in the afternoon, then the second yeah. race in the evening, something like that, which is a long day for exactly. everyone, obviously. But that's you know, it gets the races uh, in, yeah, exactly. And that's why we're all here, yeah. yeah. There used to be a maximum number of laps the riders could do in a day, I think it was about nine, was it? Yeah, I think I read Carolyn Sells had put something on Twitter this morning, it was ten, ten I think. Right. So, um, what well, yeah. is that including practice or just no. ten in total? No, I think. no. Is, is that on ten race laps? Not sure. They, they, um, that's why they put the um, when the super twin bike they put that to the Friday, didn't they? the same day as the senior, because that was three laps and the senior was six laps. That was nine laps because they couldn't go above that. I think that's why they did that. That's why they didn't have like a super sport race and the senior. They put that. Yep. That's why they did that. Cause I think it was nine. I don't know whether it still is or not. I'm not. 
quite sure. Yeah, no, I, think, I think it was only when the lightweight race moved to the Wednesday, it went four laps. Yeah, but like Keith so. is saying, I don't know if that's just race laps. No. race laps, or does it sure. include the um, qualifying laps? I would have thought it would include total, total. Well, let's hope not. I hope not. Practice and racing. We need to just use every opportunity. I've just had a message in from Ace Road Racer photographer Dave Neen, who says he's out of Balaf. The roads are dry and the sun is out but the roads are wet up through Glen Helen, as you would expect. So we may still be in a situation where we're just waiting for some drying to happen. Yeah, well, the sun's just coming out there. I mean, it does dry pretty quick through here. Obviously, the worst section is going to be through Glen Helen and then through the Ramsey section under the trees. That's always... It's just that the water's still running off the trees as it's drying. Even if they just if they make it look yellow right through there. So, yeah. you know, just don't push through there. Yeah. And then once you get back out, at least it gives the guys some setup time when they are on the dry parts of the course which is what they need. Yeah, well, if this sun carries on like this, it'll soon dry out. It, it's, it, I mean, how quickly did it dry last night before the, the rain came late? Oh, it was on unreal. It, you know, it, Gary Thompson called it and said that's it, and then here in Douglas, you, you almost could have thought, oh, we could have gone, but it's, it just dried so quick. But it does round here. I mean, it's summer at the end and of the day. And it's quite warm. I was going mean, to say, I think the temperatures are up, up today yeah. compared to other days. It's not that cold chill like there has been. That's actual sunshine outside. Genuine real sunshine. We haven't that? seen that in about four days. It's Scottish, it's Scottish. He's never seen that. Get the camera. We can, we can stop taking the vitamin tablets and supplements right. now because we haven't seen any sunshine. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> Who would your money be on right now if, if nothing else happened and we had to go racing? Top three, top five. Just take the pressure off a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, obviously, uh, look, Dean went straight out of the box. Bang, he was on fire. Uh, Michael, he's obviously going to be corner. He's right there. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to do a top six in London. <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, obviously, if Hickey's bike's handling right, well, it's, you could never write him off. Ever, ever, ever. And, I mean, there's a couple of other... Um, who else do you reckon? For me, it depends what class, though. I mean, are you talking about just superbike or are you well, talking yeah, about general? Superbike. Super I'm saying superbike. That's you know. <laughs> Lee. I mean, if Lee gets the bike handling right as well, he might be there thereabouts. It's just for me as it stands is for Michael, Dean, Connor, and James Hillier, and I'd probably put Dean at the top of those four. Uh, Hillier's definitely going to be there. I he's my dark horse for a, for a, a win or two this I year. Don't. I think he's got a completely different mindset to it this year. He seems to be way more focused that, this um, year. Yeah, the, that performance he put in at the, the North West 200, yeah, took my breath away. He just disappeared from the guys, and that was impressive. There we go. We'll see what happens. We're coming up to 12.45, so it's about time to switch to Tim Glover and the full commentary team for, hopefully, this afternoon's practice session. Keith, Phil and Patrick will all be back with us if anything happens for our Park Thermé show after practice, so rejoin us for that. But for now, we'll take a break. <laughs> <laughs> 